Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 892. I think that if, you, if you're getting work done on a classic car or restoration, I would suggest you go with your gut. You know, get a feel for the people that are going to be working, not only the environment or what people say, but go and shake hands with them. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, John Bunano. Hey, John, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. All right, here we go. John Bonanno is the president of Black Horse Garage, located in Bridgeport, Connecticut. The company specializes in restoring and preserving the finest exotic European and American cars and has earned every significant restoration award that the USA has to offer. John's grandfather was a Ferrari tifoso, and his father, Frank, worked for Ferrari before founding Black Horse Garage in 1991. John took over the company from his father in 2006, and the garage has over 60,000 square feet of space where they service, repair, restore, and store vintage automobiles for their customers. John's mantra is to keep a personal connection between the staff and their clients while providing the utmost care and attention to every vehicle they service. So, John, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Yeah, I mean, I, I I love talking about the business. Really proud of it. Been in the family for a couple of generations, so it's it's pretty easy to be enthusiastic about it. But you know, it really I think all stems from what my father has created. Um, I think the you know what we kind of are things that keep us focused and keep us moving to where we want to go are things that my father kind of cemented and, and laid the foundation for Black Horse Garage. And he had a pretty incredible career. He's, he's a really remarkable craftsman. He started very early on with Kinetti when Ferraris were being first imported into the United States. And, you know, obviously coming from an Italian family, European cars were a big thing. And in the 50s, there wasn't very many European cars or sports cars even in America. So um, they're the minority. Um, my dad grew up in Mount Vernon and there wasn't a lot of sports cars around. So my grandfather, awesome story. This is like a classic car. You know, everyone could just relate to this story if you're just over very passionate about cars. My grandfather at the time didn't have money, enough money to buy this 212, uh, 1952, 212 uh, inner Ferrari that he wanted. Oh. So he ended up selling his life insurance policy. And my grandmother went nuts. She was like, <laughs> no what kidding. have you lost your mind? <laughs> yes. like, and he ended up having that car for 35 years. And we sold it for way more than the life insurance policy. Uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know, and, and my dad was able to, to go out on his own with a loan that he took from my grandmother from that car. But uh, my dad got his start. My grandfather had that car. Uh, they brought it over to Kennedy's to get some parts. And at that time, no U.S. mechanic was working on a Ferrari engine. And my dad rebuilt the engine at 15 years old. Oh, wow. He was just in, in like a, a phenom with that. And they hired him right away. And he was working with Alberto and Alfredo, who were 
Finetti's, you know, engine builders for the North American racing team. And at that time, when they were in New York City, Finetti Motors. And then he went off with Alberto and Alfredo. And he never really intended to get into the business. He went to school at Emory-Riddle for aeronautical engineer. And then uh, when he got out of the military, Ferrari sucked him back into it. So he, <laughs> he spent most of his career with Ferrari. And then he opened up, you know, Black Horse. So, so uh, you know, the, the things that I think kind of separate us, he always had these touch of these little things that he would do for customers when they would pick up their car that maybe they didn't ask him to do. But when they got in it, it made a big you know, it was really like a clever way of doing something nice to get more out of the car. Mm-hmm. And the customers always kind of appreciated it. And it's like that level of detail and courtesy and service, I think, is the foundation that that he laid for us. Yeah. Wow. What a wonderful story. What a wonderful legacy for you to carry on with the family. I, I love stories like that. It's so, so cool. And as we continue on your journey in life and in your business, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, John, take the wheel. I love those. I mean, there's so many good ones out there to choose from. I, I think the one that I'd have to pick, though, that has stuck with me you know, through my life is uh, um, a quote I heard. I think I heard it on like an ESPN uh, a wide receiver from the Colts. And he always said that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, we use that a lot here. You know, we really feel like if we, you know, when, when we get to compete, it's going into Pebble Beach and Amelia Island and, you know, all the major concourses. And we feel like if, if we do all the right things, if we stay organized, if we follow up, if we look at the little things, if we have, we take different perspectives of having you know, people that might criticize us, we have them look at the car so that we can do all of those things before we get out in the show field and compete that we'll be prepared better. We seem to always get lucky. So we try to put ourselves in the best possible position to succeed, whether that's, you know, a car just being picked up for a guy that he might not have a whole stable collection of them, but he has this one car and he loves it and it's his baby. Well, I think you're right, and I've heard this from many guests, and particularly race car drivers, that there's no luck about this game in life, unless you happen to buy a lottery ticket and those numbers come in, but that's pretty darn rare. You're right, preparation meets opportunity, always being prepared and always looking out for that opportunity. I love that, and it ties back into that nice story of what your father used to do for each of his customers' cars, because that was preparing for opportunity to come down the road for sure. And of course, that quote, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity, is attributed to the great Roman philosopher Seneca, who always reminded us that we make our own luck. Well, you grew up in this family, and it seems like you were uh, inclined to always be involved with cars. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you look back when you realize that you indeed were going to carry on this family legacy of being a car guy? Yeah, you know, and it's a funny story because growing up in this car world my whole entire life, like I don't ever remember even not being in or or being around Ferraris, collector cars. I mean, I remember my dad picking me up at school in a new Ferrari. And uh, I remember one time I spilled lemonade like all over in this brand new boxers when they came out. Uh-oh. And he was so upset. I was like in kindergarten. You know, and it was so cool when my dad would come to pick me up because all the kids would run up to the glass of the the school. And uh, growing up, you know, when I got into middle school and high school, I I couldn't stand the shop, you know, because I always had to go in there to help. 
Yep. So it was like, oh man, I would do the longest day, like sweeping the floors and doing all that stuff. So going into college, I didn't really want to get into it too much. And then going out to school and, um, you know, being away from cars for the first time in my life and seeing, you know, how people kind of react to cars, uh, especially a lot of my friends that I was around, uh, made me really miss them. Uh, just being around them. I wasn't, you know, it was the first time I, w- I wasn't really around collector cars. And I get more excited about showing my friends like, hey, what my dad did or what they're working on or the cool things and seeing the excitement from them. And then I think uh, when I really knew that it was something that I didn't want to kind of be without uh, was when I got married. And, and, you know, I guess when I got married, maybe I, I grew up a little bit more. But at that point, yeah, I, I definitely want to do this for the rest of my life. Sometimes the grass always looks greener on the other side until people help you realize that, you know, you got a pretty nice yard here. <laughs> Why do you want to go over there? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, there were so many things I learned. Um, my wife taught me, like, she was like, you know, the funny thing is that she always told me, like, you got to tell people you're always sarcastic all the time, you know? And, and uh, you know, I didn't really realize that people, hey, you know, people might not pick up that I was just joking around when I first met them, mm. you know? I mean, so, yep. it's a, you know, marriage always kind of teaches you a lot of, a lot of things you might have done, you know, as a single guy. Well, the most important thing, it sounds like, is you're listening to your wife, and that is a key element in a successful marriage. I can tell you that <laughs> coming from a 33-year marriage I've been fortunate to have with my wife as well. Well, John, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way. Running your own business, entrepreneurial families, lifestyle are fraught with ups and downs. That's just part of the deal. Take us to one of those times, walk us through it, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your business moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for me, I think, uh, you know, I probably got this trade from my father. My father's a perfectionist. You try to do everything at the utmost level. So I think when you're, when you're truly like that, no matter what kind of accomplishments you have or success you have, you're always looking at that individual experience as what I could have done better. And I think that's what drives you to, to greatness. If, you, if you're up for that kind of challenge. So, you know, I could probably tell you more things that I learned the hard way, you know, than I could tell you from, from, you know, succeeding. Sure. I think the biggest challenge in what we do with restoration and getting to be able to kind of compete, you know, and that's the, the neat thing um, about our business is that we, we do get a chance to kind of showcase our skills and craftsmanship here and be be competitive about that. And that's pretty, pretty exciting to be a part of is just organization communication with the team. And when you're doing restorations, there's so many components, there's so many little details. And nowadays the judges are phenomenal, you know, especially at at these bigger events, you know, these guys really know what they're looking at and they have multiple people. So, you know, one guy really looking at the engine and the undercarriage and the interior and you really have to work as a team. You know, you really have one individual cannot kind of do it all on their own. Mm-hmm. There's always a mistake that's going to happen. And there has to be someone that can follow up behind that guy and kind of realize something or put some input into something or uh, suggest something or have experience about maybe working on a similar car like that. Mm-hmm. So I think when, when we haven't worked as a team, um, you know, we just try to like kind of have the body shop do it, the upholstery shop do what they do, the mechanical shop. And we haven't communicated the details that need to 
take place each day and each week, right? You know, we, we haven't been able to put out the best product. Communication is oh so important. Key element in many parts of life and successes or a lack of communication causing failures. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Simon, those headlights kind of illuminate your way, your path to the right direction, the right place you need to be. What was your aha moment all about? Yeah, you know, it's it's a funny question for me, an aha moment. I think there was so many. Probably more than any was was looking at the faces. You know, the the shop we have forty million dollars worth of cars here, and I, I would have to say instead of like one big aha moment, it's almost a reminder for me when we get you know pretty people that have seen a lot of really cool things. We get you know some some people that have been around the world and it's got to experience amazing things. And they get such a kick out of coming in the shop and going through the tour and seeing all the different cars and different departments and the, and the people that we have and the work that they're getting to do and seeing the excitement on their face that we get to come in and do this every day. You know, we'll, we're concentrating on the operations. We're, we come in from, from, uh, in right in the morning and we're dedicated and serious about trying to accomplish everything that we want and we set goals out, you know, each day, each week, each month, you know, each quarter and each year. And sometimes you get lost in the business of that and you forget what you're around and what you're doing. Right. And when you give a a tour to someone that they're really impressed and you're pretty surprised that they're so impressed, I think that's an aha moment (laughs) and it happens a lot. Yeah. Sometimes you do have to take a step back and look through your life through some different lenses to realize how fortunate you are and yeah. what it took to build what you have. Uh, yeah. It's it's easy to take it for granted sometimes. Well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many. You guys make a lot of people very happy taking care of these cars, restoring cars and so forth. But is there one that really stands out you'd share with us? Yeah. I mean, um, for me, I try to be as humble as a, of a man that I can be and I need a lot of work on that. You know, it doesn't come naturally, but I want to be as humble as I possibly can. I probably at this point now have gotten to where if I see the guys, you know, where we all really, you know, we got a good crew and we've been together for a while and getting to see them, you know, kind of, you know, buy into our program, our system here, we all work on something and we accomplish it. And then trying to give some of that credit to the people that really managed that project, that really spearheaded, watching them kind of grow mm-hmm. and then really win a major award and get a lot of attention and, and uh, handshakes and thank yous and, and notoriety for it. That's probably the most, the coolest thing. Yeah. You know, when we, we've got to do that on a, on a 360 uh, GTC Ferrari that we completely restored in the car was in boxes. It was an overwhelming restoration. Wow. And, uh, you know, this, this one guy who's a important part here, he spearheaded this and put his heart and soul in it. And then it won platinum at Cavalino a couple of years ago, which oh my is, gosh. you know, not the easiest thing to do. So that's probably the one that sticks out in my head. And the car is amazing. And oh my gosh. What's your associate's name? Let's give him a shout out. Uh, Matt Carfo. Matt. Shout out to Matt. Well done, Matt. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, let's go back in time. You talked about your dad having some very cool cars. I mean, what's cooler than being picked up at school in a Ferrari? I can't say that ever happened to me. How about your first really special car? Is there a car that you got way back that you went, man, I'm so glad I finally got this? Yeah, yeah. There there was one. For me, it was a Jeep. And this is a funny story being in the 
this tells you exactly what my mentality was when I was younger. My dad got me an Alpha uh, Julieta, Ooh. and we were restoring it, and it was really cool. But I had my, my heart set on a Jeep, mm-hmm. and it really hurt my dad that he got found this. He found a really good Alpha, and I really wanted a Jeep. I just I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it was. I I look back at it now, and I just want an Alpha. You know, the Julieta is one of my favorite cars. Oh, like, they're beautiful. That's yeah. On my bucket list to own one now. I I just love them. But I loved that Jeep in high school. You know, I took the doors off and I had so much fun with it. Yeah. And felt like a part of me, you know, that yeah. car. And I, I want that same Jeep. I want to buy one of those too, just because I had so <laughs> bring, many. Bring good back memories the memories. Growing up. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there going, wait a minute. Your dad was going to restore Julia. You wanted to. I deserve it. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to come over there and it. slap I, you, John. I'm with them 100%. You <laughs> yeah. Know? You know, I always know I'm going to get bust on whenever I tell someone that story, you know, because. Because you're an idiot when you do something like that. Well, you're a kid. And when you're a kid, you know, you have different priorities and you can't see too far down the road very well. So uh, that's okay. That's okay. Thanks for taking us there. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back? Yeah. I mean, I you know, probably the 212 uh, Inner that my grandfather had because it was like such an important, you know, part of growing up. My grandfather had it for 35 years. Just a culture that our family was. You know, my grandfather was, he was nuts with it. I mean, he was nuts. And he, the, the, the neat thing about my family, and my, especially my grandfather, is they could look at anything that was made. You know, they would look at, you know, things that were handmade and very difficult to do and really appreciate it. Even if it was something small, they could really look at something that normally I wouldn't see and be like, look at this, look at the word. And when you looked at it, you'd be amazed. And they always knew how the things were made. So when you got to explain like, oh, this was, like even an ashtray, I think one of the neatest things was the ashtray and some of the earlier Ferraris where they're all hand engraved. Yeah. And if you really look yeah. at the craftsmanship that was done just on the ashtray, it's pretty remarkable. Sure. So things like that. Was that a Vinali bodied car or? Pininfarino. Pininfarino. Okay. Okay. Pininfarina, yeah, 52. yeah. 52. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. What, do you know where that car lives today? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's like I, my, you know, even my father, when I tell him where it is or what they're doing with it, he doesn't even want to know. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of like one of those things yeah. that. I understand. Like for him, it's just kind of hard to go there. Yep. Yeah, I understand. So. I understand. Well, let, tell our listeners what you're working on these days that has you very excited and fired up there at Black Horse. Oh, that's that's easy. We are so excited about this uh, 1957 250 GT uh, Buono that we're restoring right now and we're finishing up. And uh, Aaron, our painter, and all the guys, they've put their heart and souls in it. And the, the owner is so happy. The paint came out like glass. It looks so good. Uh, the gaps are so good. Just all the hard work has kind of come together, and we're getting to see like the fruits of all the labor. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's pretty exciting in the shop. You know, just getting to see that. Ooh, what a beautiful car! Yeah, I, that is special to get to work on something like that. And there's kind of a funny coincidence here with your last name. So uh, <laughs> you know. yeah, yep. Kind of close to Bonanno, which I understand in Italian is Goodyear, which is pretty cool. So sounds like you guys are going to have a very Bonanno year, a <laughs> good year yeah. coming up in 2018. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, John. If you were a car, 
What kind of car would John be and why? I think I would be probably a mix between a Ferrari and Lamborghini. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know why I would say that because I made the humble comment. So I don't really know what Lamborghini is doing in there. Yeah. But, uh. Italian, Italian. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. There's something about a Lamborghini that makes people just, they're not really, I mean, they're, the newer ones are fun to drive. You know, we have a, a pretty rare Lamborghini in the shop right now. And it's a, uh, one of, uh, it's the 61st one of 81, uh, Diablo GT. Oh, they make yeah. a lot. I think there's four of them in the United States. It's so impractical to use it. It's just, it's <laughs> so low and to move it around. And then if you really care about car, it just it would make you crazy, you know, just pulling it in and out of somewhere right. that yeah. you wouldn't want to damage it. But there's just something about it when people see it. You know, as many, you know, we have over 130 cars, amazing cars in the shop. Wow. And it doesn't matter if you have a young kid, if you have an older person, when they see that car and they see the doors come up, there's just nothing like it. But I think the balance and the tradition and, you know, just the soul of some of the, the vintage Ferraris, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd like to try to be, you know, those two cars if, if I had a choice. Well, it's that Italian blood that runs through your veins and the history that you are carrying on with the family here, I think, that brought that answer out. Well, John, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yow sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at Cars yeah, 
com. Okay, John, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? If it's too good to be true, it usually is. <laughs> yes, so true, so true. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? I could tell you where I made the biggest mistake or, or you know, now hopefully I'm making the best decisions would be going with my gut. It's almost always, always right. <laughs> it's just the yeah, way it is. Yeah, it's so true. So true. I had Magnus Walker on the show, my 100th show, way back three years ago. And that's his big thing is go with your gut. Just go with your gut. And uh, I can tell you being an older guy than you are, yeah, it's almost always right. Now, do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? There's so many, so many cool ones. It's hard to say. But right now, all of us are in uh, Petrolicious. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Petrolicious, yes. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just so cool. Like we've been all in the shop, like showing each other stuff. And the younger guys kind of started off showing me it. And uh, they got some amazing stuff and followers. And now what they're able to do because they're bigger, mm -hmm. it's incredible. Yes, I had Afshin Bania who founded that show as a guest on the on Cars Yeah here some time ago. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love Petrolicious. They put out some wonderful videos. It's so much fun to sit back and just enjoy those stories about people and cars. Really beautiful site, a uh, wonderful place to go for sure. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Um, it's a pretty tough question. I mean, I've gotten already a I'm pretty blessed to be able to sit with a couple guys that uh, I don't know if I would turn that away, but I would probably say like off the top of my head, Sternley Moss. That'd be cool. Yeah. Most definitely. I came this close to having him be on the show here with me and he got ill. No way. Yeah. The day we were supposed to do a show, he got ill and then we tried to do it again. Oh, he got man. ill again. And I know now he's kind of aging and it's a little bit of a challenge for him. So I may have missed that boat, unfortunately. But I have been able to meet him and talk to him a few times in person. I did run into him at the Quail event. And um, yeah, a wonderful story. What a legacy that guy is. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? Yeah, I mean, well, probably one of my favorite books that I've recently read would be Killing Jesus. Yeah, I, it was just an amazing book and the details of, you know, the crucifixion and all those things that happened and the time and just the historical facts. It was just, a, for me, it was life-changing. Very nice. Well, listeners, you can enjoy all these great resources John's been so kind to share on his Cars yeah! show notes page. I'll put links to everything on that page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in John Bunano, and I'll spell that last name for you, a fine Italian name, B-U-O-N-A-N-N-O, -N 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 or just type John in there and you'll find him there on the Cars yeah! website. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, John, and this last question could be a lot of fun. Okay. I think I know how you might answer this, but you might surprise me. I am going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. doesn't matter what the cost is. I'm writing the check. What would that car be and why? Oh, man. Bugatti Atlantic. You did surprise me. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Why that car? We we went to another country here. I thought we were going to stay I in know, Italy. I know, I know. Well, uh, you know, like you, I've gotten to go to the Quail and Pepper Beach and all the Greenwich Concourse right in our backyard. And that's where I, I saw the one that Doc 
the doctor out of Dharma owned. It was like the light blue one, uh, um, that one Pebble Beach. Yes. And when I first saw that, it was just the most impressing, beautiful car I've ever seen. In my, in my, you can't really even call it a car. I mean, it's yeah. You're talking about the thirty six, nineteen thirty six, the five seventy. It's a fifty seven SC, I think, Atlantic. Yeah, yeah Atlantic. A, yeah, 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 bluish Atlantic. green color. Uh, yeah. Paul Russell. I mean, yes. uh, not Paul Russell. They restored it. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ralph Lauren has the, the black one. Right. Yeah. I know the car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. You're gonna make it expensive, aren't you, pal? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That that is uh... that car is it is a jewel. It is a piece of rolling jewelry, a piece of art. What a nice choice. Yeah. I could live with that. I, I think I just park it in my living room and just. Sitting in it all day and do my shows from the driver's seat. So, oh. yeah, I heard a funny story. Some guy was in Manhattan and um, they had a 250 short wheelbase in this guy's office. And he was telling this whole story of how they got it up there and they completely disassembled the car yep. so that this guy could look at it in his office. Mm, yeah, well. And then reassembled it you know, in this building nice. in Manhattan. Wow. Well, that's what you can do when you've got a big enough checkbook. So uh, let me know where you want the car delivered. If you'd like in your office, I'll have it disassembled and we'll put it in there for you. I think you need to drive it. Uh, you know, they're not much fun when they just sit. I think you need to get out and drive yeah. that thing. That'd be fun. That's for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, John, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until uh, we see you is there one parting piece of guidance or wisdom you could offer us before you drive off into the sunset in that bugatti 57 atlantic <laughs> i think that if, you, if you're getting work done on a classic car or restoration i would suggest you go with your gut you know get a feel for the people that are going to be working not only environment or what people say but go and shake hands with the, the people and look them in the eyes and yep. see what kind of quality people they are I think if you do that, you're, you're always going to be successful in whatever you do with collector cars. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your company and what you guys do? Our website at uh, blackhorsegarage.com. And then we try to do a lot with uh, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, too. There you go. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything John has shared on his Cars Yeah! show notes page. I'll put links there again. Just type John Bunano, B-U-O-N-A-N-N-O in the search bar, and that page will pop up. Check out the website. Check out what, what these guys are doing. It's a shop full of amazing people, talented craftsmen. The cars and the number of cars they work on there will blow you away. John, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of the show and uh, best of luck. Thank you so much. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, 
Bolt Together Construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.